Why, hello there! My name is Kenji Dick. And I'm Claudia Duick. And this is Wittenberg Radio. It is episode 114, and it is February 6th, 2018. Claudia, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Kenji? I'm doing all right, because it's my birthday. It's your birthday! Woohoo! Happy birthday, Kenji! Thank you very much. How old are you? I'm uh, now 21. Really? 21? Yeah. But it's going to be uh, a good old time. So overall, this week is going to be, I think, hopefully a pretty good week. Uh, it'll be a nice break from all the stress that's going to be building up as uh, yeah. midterms are coming right around the corner. So pretty so interesting. do you have any, like, birthday traditions slash wishes that, like, you know, our listeners could just surprise you with? Um you know, our, our our hardcore fans that care about our birthdays. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because uh, there's certainly a lot of them. Oh, Hundreds yeah, so even. Many. Absolutely. You might even uh, just be like overrun by all of the birthday cards just that you get from our <laughs> millions of listeners. Uh, just simply getting a happy birthday. I think, Aww. you know, it's a simple thing, but like it can be really fulfilling just to have someone like recognize. I'm pretty sure you can relate to this. I'm pretty of sure course. everyone can relate to this. Of just course. having people recognize that, you know, it's your day of birth. You know, and you're, you know, you're important on this day or whatever. It's like that kind of like reinforcement is always like kind of a, like a nice pleasant surprise. Um, even if regardless if you know this person a, a lot or not at all, uh, it's always nice to know that people are, are aware of you. And so, you know what? Obviously, I'm not going to request like a freaking cake or anything <laughs> like that because I'm not that arrogant. I but thought you wanted a bouncy house. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, clearly. I want a bouncy house built <laughs> in minus 30 degree weather outside. Yeah. Um, like a Kenji birthday carnival at yeah, the whole campus. Exactly. Um, but, you know, a nice pleasant uh, hello or happy birthday will always bring a smile to my face. And, you know, even if that doesn't even happen either, it'll still be a pretty fun and fulfilling day. So. Yeah, it should be a good, lot of fun. Kenji has low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, generally speaking, I do. Hey, that's good. That way you don't get disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Her life lessons with Claudia here. Don't expect uh, anything. Yeah, yeah. And you'll be, you know, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and with that, let's talk about upcoming events. There is an event coming up on February 17th, that is this Wednesday, from 1 to 5. It's all about reimagining biblical preaching for the 21st century. It's titled The Word War Red, and it's happening here at CMU. So if you're interested in a career or life in ministry, um, or being a pastor or a congregational leader in the future, this is something for you. Or if you're even just interested in the art of preaching, um, this should be pretty awesome. So... Yeah, now you know that. CMU's sister college, Menno Simons College, will be presenting the 12th annual social justice fair titled Communities of Conflict. It'll be happening tomorrow on February 7, 2018, and it'll be occurring from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. at Riddle Hall at the University of Winnipeg. Also uh, around pastors and ministry, um, there will be some presenters here at CMU. Tim Geddert, Megan Good, and Gerald Gerbrandt will be speaking about the relevance of the Bible in today's society. Um, this is part of the 500 years since the Reformation celebration. And so, yeah, it might be something worth checking out as well. It's from February 6th and 7th, so both days. Um, three different people talking about, you know, inspiring worship and ministry. So that should be exciting as well. And would you like to try out our out-of-town program for just a day here at CMU? Well, you're in luck. On February 9th, 2018, this Friday, there's going to be a Discover Out-of-Town program just happening for people who like to try out the program. It'll be starting at 9 a.m. and then ending at 2.30, and its registration orientation will be happening, first of all, right here on campus. 
Hey, listeners, my name is Nadia Langlotz. I'm one of the co-directors of Peace and Sustainability, a committee of student council here at CMU. I'm just letting you all know of an event that's going to happen in a few weeks. Uh, our slogan for the event is called Refuse Learning Household Waste Management. So we wanted to choose a topic that was a little more engaging for students, something more accessible. And so we're going to have a week-long waste competition in which you measure your waste and the winner will receive a prize of various um, reusable items, I guess. Uh, compostable toothbrush, perhaps. Reusable snack bags, things like that. We're going to show a documentary one evening. We're gonna, going to have a forum on the Thursday at 11.30. And so you'll find out about what people think on reducing waste and what are ways we can reduce waste, whether you live off campus, on campus with your families, um, or in an intentional living community as well. So look forward to that, and posters will be up soon, informing you a little more of the, all the details. What are the dates for this? Um, February 27th to 30th, which is right after reading week. So there'll be no events on the Monday immediately after, but then on the Tuesday through Friday will be the rest of the events. <laughs> Before playing our segment on last week's scientist and resident Dr. Rick Lindroth, I feel it is important to provide some explanation behind some of the different creative choices we have made this week. Usually, as you may know, this portion of our episode is normally a 10 to 15 minute interview or conversation with a guest speaker. However, this week is a little different. Instead of being strictly an interview, this segment is more of a report of last week's events that includes some parts of an interview that we had with Dr. Rick Lindroth and organizer Tim Rogalski. Therefore, there will be some noticeable differences in this segment in comparison to previous episodes. We would like to let you know that we are only testing this kind of approach to our guest segments, and we will go back to doing our usual format next week. However, if you would like to hear more of these kind of segments in the future, you can let us know through a variety of social media platforms. With that, let us play our report on last week's scientists and resident lectures, Science as a Way of Knowing. Abnormal weather patterns around the world have been a fact of life. If you look at, if you look at uh, the history of hurricanes per annum, well, when I was a kid growing up, we had hurricanes in Scarsdale, New York. That was but, in 1941. But, and none of the predictions have come about, true. What about the fact that is the overwhelming consensus of all the climate scientists? That's, that's, it, that's not true. It is true. If you look at global warming alarmists, that they don't like to look at the actual facts and the data. The satellite data demonstrate that there has been no significant warming whatsoever for 17 years. We'll go next. I, I, I live in Wisconsin. You know, th there were, two, I think, 200-foot thick glaciers in Wisconsin. W how do you explain the it's climate a, it's change a, before, it's before a, man ever had a carbon footprint? How, how do you explain that The statement that, that you just made is blatantly false. How do you we do explain, know. We how, do. how do you explain climate change that occurred 10,000 years ago before man had a carbon print. Oh. How do you explain <laughs> that? Harry Reid, of course, out as majority leader. That Harry said we should be facing the reality of climate change. Climate change is here. Mitch McConnell, of course, is denying global warming is why he gets paid. He says, everyone who thinks it's warming, I can find the United States will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord 
Thank you. In the scientific community, climate change is single-handedly the largest threat the world is facing today. In some religious and political circles, it is nothing more than a myth. Despite the overwhelming scientific consensus on the reality of climate change, climate change denial and skepticism has become increasingly common in public thought, especially in North American society and government. This growing denial became blatantly apparent when the United States announced its intention to remove itself from the Paris Climate Accord in June last year. The global community, and especially the international scientific community, have been left shocked, angered, and confused. It has left many to question how one should respond to such denial. That question is what this year's scientist and resident at Canadian Mennonite University sought to answer. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Richard. It's been really a, a very nice visit so far. Uh, and I'd like to emphasize what, what Tim mentioned. I'm at your disposal uh, today. Dr. Tomorrow. Rick Lindroth, uh, so professor of ecology at the University of Madison, Wisconsin, was this year's CMU scientist and resident from January 29th to the 30th. Titled, Science as a Way of Knowing, the Pursuit of Truth in a Post-Truth World, Dr. Lindroth gave a series of lectures focused on the dangers of climate change and the increasing denial of his existence in the public. As someone who often speaks on the legitimacy of climate change in his home city of Madison, Wisconsin, Dr. Lindroth has had no shortage of hostile responses in the past, especially regarding his scientific beliefs and even his Christian faith. A couple of years ago, I gave a public lecture on climate change, and a Christian man that I know, an older gentleman, came up to me afterwards, and he said this, if you believe in climate change, you must have voted for Obama. And if you voted for Obama, you can't be a Christian. With such hostile interactions, how does one respond to such ardent climate deniers? And how can one respond to such denial from a Christian perspective? In a long-form interview, Dr. Lindroth answers those questions by stating that it must be more than a simple declaration of facts. Interestingly, uh, a number of bodies of research suggest that in speaking to a climate change denialist, if you uh, do what most scientists would do and what I would be tempted to do, and that is simply barrage them with scientific facts, they don't change their opinion. In fact, they double down in their denial of climate change. And so when speaking to an audience a mixed audience of some who would agree with me, some who are undecided, and some who don't agree with me, I'm very much aware that in the process of speaking them, to them and trying to convince them about the reality of climate change, I'm actually hampering my own mission by providing facts. Most of us would view ourselves as fundamentally rational and reasoned-oriented beings, and that when confronted with a body of facts about which we have to decide if it's true or false, we would reason through them, we would use our rational faculties, and we would make an educated decision. In fact, that is not how nearly everyone operates and is inconsistent with our evolutionary history. What we do first is we intuit a response. We have a gut-level response that is based on our values, our identity as individuals, and our identity as part of some type of a tribe or culture. And then we use our reasoning faculties secondarily to provide justification for our intuited response. So what that means then is that intuition is primary, reason is secondary. As a Christian himself, Dr. Lindroth has found himself in conflict with fellow believers who think otherwise of climate change. 
In response, he has attempted to find common moral ground as the first step towards persuasion. So what would be an appropriate Christian response? One would be uh, an approach of humility and um, of what do we share in common together. So uh, I know uh, as a scientist, I, I have had very strong opinions about certain things, but also as a Christian and a scientist, I, I try to hold those opinions with some level of humility, recognizing that although I think most of them are true, some of them probably are not. And so there is a level of humil humility that, uh, that, that needs to be uh, fostered. We all care for our children. What does intergenerational justice look like in terms of preserving and enhancing an environment that will allow our children and our grandchildren to flourish? The scriptures are full of uh, commands, examples, admonitions to care for the poor. And we know that climate change is not uniform in impacting uh, people across socioeconomic levels or lines. It predominantly affects the poor. And if we have a care for the poor, as Christ does, and if we are called to be his hands and feet, uh, working missionally in the world around us, then we need to care for the poor as well. And some of that has to do with caring for the environment. Dr. Lindros' presence at CMU has been an exciting experience for the program's organizer, Professor Tim Rogalski. He hopes that Dr. Lindros' lectures not only educated the CMU student body, but also reminded them of their stewardship towards God and the earth. Uh, the earth is created good, and we are put here to take care of it. And it's that piece that I believe is so important for our students here at CMU to remember and to go out and propagate. We are as Christians, as people who live on this planet, as people of any religious persuasion or not, our role is on earth to care for this planet, for all creatures, for all living things, for the future. That to me is really important. From Dr. Lindros' perspective, he was simply more than happy to not only create dialogue, but also bond with CMU student body over shared faith. One of the features about being a Christian is the capacity to find shared values and shared perspectives and a sense of connectedness and belonging wherever one goes in the world, just about. And uh, being here at CMU, I'm struck by the importance with which all of you uh, consider community and I'm impressed with the community that you have and once again impressed by the fact that I can travel to places far from home and have an immediate connection of substance to people I've only known for hours. So that's really been a, a special treat this week and, and a good reminder. Dr. Lindros' lectures, Science as a Way of Knowing, were given on January 29th and 30th at CMU. If you were unable to attend, these lectures were made available online as videos on CMU's YouTube page. From Canadian Mennonite University, I'm Kenji Dick.
has been a post on the Wittenberg door this weekend, and we went and saw it uh, this morning. We are part of, as Wittenberg Radio, we are kind of, I guess, responsible for the Wittenberg door, and so we were delighted to see a post. Um, it d- deals with some great things, so I'm going to read it here, and then we're going to maybe see what what we think and what maybe can be done about it. Mm. So it's titled, CMU, Inclusive or Exclusive Community. CMU claims to strive to be an all-inclusive community, but we feel there are places they are not meeting that standard. They focus on including other religions, but not all denominations. We feel people who don't believe are more accepted than those with differing practices within the Christian faith. One way we see this is how... There is an emphasis on religious liturgies, but no focus on a personal relationship with Jesus. We feel there have been aspects of our faith that have been deconstructed and criticized, but there is no openness to conversation and discussion at CMU. For example, this upcoming face-to-face session is represented by people of Catholic, Mennonite, Church, Mennonite Brethren, Pentecostal, and Anglican, Hutterite Brethren Faith are... Oh, yes... And we feel there is no representation of Alliance Christian, uh, sorry, Alliance Charismatic Evangelical Non-Denominational and Reformed Faith background. With that being said, what does inclusivity truly look like? So, that is uh, the note. Kenji, what do you think? Uh, this is a very interesting note to appear on the Winterberg door. First of all, to the group of people that posted this, because we was often quite used in that uh, mm-hmm. passage, which I will want to refer to very uh, very soon. Thank you very much for your post. We really do appreciate it when people always uh, put put stuff on the Winterberg door and we're here to talk about it. Uh, one of my initial thoughts. Uh, it's very bold. Um, from my initial, uh, yeah, just my initial thoughts is that it's just really bold. Uh, mm-hmm. it's very rare to find. Of us like this that kind of not necessarily attacks per se but like kind of like strongly criticizes or critiques an aspect of the cmu community um and while i certainly appreciate the person's uh perspective on this uh or sorry this group's perspective on this uh you know i i can i can understand it and um i can understand it to a certain degree but i don't think it's nearly as bad as this uh, group kind of makes it up to be to me personally anyways now i'm saying this from someone who doesn't attend a lot of forums or a lot of these different events so uh there are definitely a lot more people a lot more qualified than me to speak on this but uh we one thing that cmu constantly emphasizes on is different perspectives and we do hear Mm -hmm. different perspectives and i for one actually really do value not just denominational perspectives but also other religious perspectives here um, I, this group doesn't necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily condemn those other group perspectives, but I just don't like I don't I don't entirely agree with the idea that oh it's like we're we're not he- hearing more evangelical more reformed voices at the cost of hearing other perspectives. It's like I don't first of all I'm not entirely sure if that's entirely true, but then second of all it's like I really do value when we do have people of other religious faiths mm-hmm. coming in here as well because we are a Christian university, but we should also keep in mind there are loads of other religions out there that view the world rather differently. One of those, uh, one of those kind of talks I really like, especially, is when we have people coming from Tehran uh, through our program here to speak speak about Islam, um, mm-hmm. and it's a very interesting perspective to hear about. And so I just don't entirely, yeah, I just don't entirely see how how that's how we're bringing that in at the cost of other perspectives entirely. Now, of course, I'm again, I want to emphasize, I'm saying that as someone who doesn't fully go to these events or even really fully pays attention, so I might be spewing some very mm-hmm. ignorant facts right now. Um, but that's just my initial thoughts on it. And along with that, uh, I'm very interested in the constant use of we in this passage. Right. Uh, this is someone, 
I, I'm not really sure. This person remained anonymous. Uh, there was no name at the end of this note. Uh, so I'm not really sure whether or not this person is, yeah, this person is referring to either uh, he or she's whole like reformed faith, like the whole denomination as a whole, like a whole evangelical like uh, church or mm-hmm. perspective, um, or actually referring to a group of people at CMU who actually feel this way. Maybe these people actually talk together and you know express their frustrations and then like wrote it and one of them wrote them down on a note maybe and then expressed it as we so if it is a group of people at CMU that's really interesting uh that means that there's probably maybe a growing frustration within the campus or it could just be someone who's just writing on behalf of his or her whole uh church right so I don't know I I would I would love to hear a bit of it more of an explanation of the use of we in this passage uh that's something that I found particularly interesting what do you think Claudia well and I would also say to the writer of the note um remaining anonymous is sure a choice that you can make but if you want to actually facilitate discussion we would love to have you on the show uh we would love to talk to you and i'm sure that there would be a response at cmu um to whatever you feel needs to be said so i would be definitely open to having a conversation around this and yeah maybe that could spark some institutional change in terms of incorporating more charismatic evangelical speakers at at forums like the one we're having tonight Mm -hmm. um or we had yesterday, I guess. Uh, <laughs> for all, for all, for just just for the sake of clarity, we are recording this on Monday, February fifth. But yeah, sorry, you're saying Claudia. Yeah. So so if if people do feel uh, free enough to maybe include their names, so we can get a sense of who this is and really give them their due uh, attention, that would be. I think most people would be open to that, and and I believe that CMU is a place that would be welcoming to that at least a discussion around it and I know that we would here at Wittenberg so if that's something you feel compelled to do by all means we'd love to do that yeah absolutely if you have any comments or concerns or questions regarding this post you can once again leave a comment on our variety of media pages that includes our Facebook YouTube channel and our website you can also leave a response on the Wittenberg door in the classic Protestant way. This post is going to be remaining up there for a week. So if you would like to post a physical response to this post or a question, you're more than welcome to. And we will also read it. Uh, we will read it here on Wittenberg Radio next week. Thank you again to uh, the person or the group of people who wrote this post on the, on the Wittenberg door. We really do appreciate it. My music pick of the week is going to be from an original movie picture soundtrack and that of Kubo and the Two Strings. Kubo and the Two Strings was a stop-motion animation film that came out roughly around two years ago in 2016. It is a wonderful film if you ever had the chance to see it, um, and you would know that if you actually have seen it, and if you haven't, I highly recommend it. And one reason why I highly recommend it is that while the film itself is absolutely wonderful, uh, what's even arguably better is a song that plays during the end credits. This is a cover of the classic Beatles song, While My, Gen- While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and it is by Regent. Sorry. This is a cover of the classic Beatles song, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and it is by Regina Spector. Uh, it is a wonderful piece. It adds a little bit of string sound from uh, the Japanese instrument that is used within the film. Uh, it is a really emotionally resonant if, if you have seen the film, but also it is just as impactful if you haven't. So let us listen to uh, this cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps by Regina Spector. <laughs> I look at you all 
And that brings an end to our episode. Thank you once again for listening to Wittenberg Radio. Do check out the 12th Annual Social Justice Fair, Communities of Conflict, happening tomorrow at 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. at Menno Simons College. There's also the uh, Renew Resourcing Pastures for Ministry events happening on the 6th and 7th. Those are those keynote speakers I mentioned before. If you're interested in this, please go to that. That should be pretty good. Um, As well as the workshop for reimagining biblical preaching in the 21st century on the 7th. Um, All things happening at CMU on campus. That should be really good. And do remember, if you want to try out of town uh, at CMU here, you can come to the Orientation Day on Friday, February 9th, 2018. And with that, that's the end of the show. My name is Kenji Dick. And I'm Claudia Duick. And we'll see you next week. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council.